The Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all the usual social media outlets. Do your bit to support us on Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Twitter, Twitch and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Give us a like, share, subscribe and join our flourishing community of not just wrestling fans, but gamers, podcasters, musicians and more. Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Podcast. It is the your NXT UK review. Troy has buggered off to a different city for the weekend, so it's me, your boy, Big Tasty. I'm here with Jay. Welcome back, Jay. Uh, a very fragile Jay. Um, following your two days of debauchery, but <laughs> how's it going? No, sorry, don't worry about it. Um, I mean, you're yeah, not one, you're not the one who passed out on the train, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the one who lost my keys. <laughs> Fine. Don't worry sounds about it. Like a, sounds like a fun night. Um, it was a messy, messy couple of days. Speaking of a fun night, this this was a fun show. Um, was yeah. So this week's NXT UK. <laughs> Obviously, we'll get to it later. Sort of the main, the big headline, marquee match being that thirty-minute Iron Man match between Jordan Devlin and Akid. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But first of all, starting us off, we have. Zaya Brookside versus Blair Davenport. Right now, is this this isn't Davenport's debut, is it? No, she has wrestled in uh, NXT UK a few times now. <laughs> right, but this is like the first little inkling of the feud we're getting between the two of them because this is like her first real feud. Yeah, I get the impression they're like building her up for Mako. Yeah, because I mean, they like the long term thing seems to be she's going to be the ones that throw Mako because they made her look real strong in this match. Um, and Zaya is someone who's been quite protected, um, recently. Like, she had that big win over Nina Samuels, you know, she's sort of been like a, a real player in the, in the, in the women's she, division. She did get absolutely murderized by Amelo, yeah, true. Amel did a bad murder, and yeah, so as, as um, so it's almost as if like she's like the sort of like the, the sort of gear check before you go up to the, she's to the like, title she's scene. like the Jack Stars of the women's division. Yeah, she's like the one who like you have to beat her if you want to get like up to the title shots, and yeah, yeah. that's that's fine, that's cool. Uh, she's I don't I don't I didn't notice this previously, but she was actually advertised as being or announced as being from Liverpool today as well, which I don't know if she was previously. They have done in the past, even I though remember, she's actually from Leicester. She's from I remember she's been she's been builders from Leicester in NXT UK before, but it's nice to mm. see, you know. That is top scouser Robbie Brookside though. Top scouser, bad bitter blue Robbie Brookside. He's, yeah, he's he's got an Everton flag in his office in the performance center. Where's his fucking Everton top around Disneyland? <laughs> Would never own a red car. <laughs> never. <laughs> Won't get on a red car on one of the rides. You'll wait for the next one. Fucks <laughs> oh, of the system. It's the fucking the, the staff hating. Um, <laughs> Right, so yeah, so we've got Brooks, um, Brookside v Davenport, and yeah, this is, I mean, it's not a squash, because like, I think Brookside gets a bit in, but like, Jesus Christ, for the most part, Blair just beats the piss out of her. Yeah, I was talking to Troy about this um, one when she made the debut as well, it makes me laugh so much that they go on about like a, a time in Japan, so all of a sudden she started using the V-trigger followed by the Kamigoye, yeah. like, oh well, two people who are very fucking very popular from Japan, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. 
It is literally when they signed it, they was like, can, can you do Kenny Omega things, please? We'd, we'd quite like you to do Kenny Omega yeah. things. I'm, I'm genuinely shocked she hasn't bust that one-winged angel yet. <laughs> so, yeah, she does pick up the win here. Um, she sort of does like the... And it's it's the very Kenny V-trigger that he does like the back of the head when she's hung over the ropes. It's the one over the ropes, so it's the back of the head, yeah. But yeah. that Kamagoye, fuck me. Yeah. Which is all, if you don't, don't know what that is, it's sort of like a one-person BTE trigger. Yeah, it's like an art. It's basically they hold their arms and just knee the face off the body. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's good for the. I mean, and Saya sells it like she's been shot. It's like she, she just doesn't yeah. move. She um, sold it like she'd been hit by a bus. So then after the match as well, put a little uh, exclamation point on, on the on the result. She scoops her up for it. It's like a, um, a Michinoku driver. She goes a th- it was a Michinoku driver, but she looked like she spiked her on top of her head when she did it. Yeah, and it was like... Right I like the of, fact as well they had like the lightning down when she yeah, did well, it. Yeah, and it was like they, had, they had like her logo in the middle of the ring and she slammed it like right on in the middle of her logo. If, if this leads to like a Lucha Underground sacrifice until the gods give a hate about it. <laughs> she was, I mean, there was like a very sort of mis- like super, well, not supernatural really, but like a, a, a semi-spooky air when she came out, like the ent- her entrance. Yeah, she had like of- the the dry ice, didn't she? And, like yeah, the lights I, I, were down. I've, I've never seen her video before, so I wasn't quite sure who was um, who was coming out. And I was like, oh, because I've got this feud that have been building. And I was like, is it is it like Isle of Dawn? Is this what's happening? Is it someone spooky coming I out? I also thought it was Isle of Dawn. I was like, <laughs> hey, on. Yeah, so then, so first uh, decent first match. It was it was fine. Blair looked great. Uh, they did a really good job of making her seem like a big threat. And like you say, she, they could be fast. Well, I think there's someone else in the way. We'll, we'll see later on the way to make her first. But I think they're definitely positioning her to have a future title shot. The the long term building her up to be like the person down the line, kind of like kind of like what they've done with like Ilya and Aker, as being like the two guys who are probably going to be the next NXT UK champion. Yeah. Right, so next up we had a little promo, and it's your boys pretty deadly wearing uh, some ludicrous dungarees. Which is that called them 2K20 Godwins that have me in fucking stitches. <laughs> yeah, and they, they have a little back and forth with um, with Mustache Mountain, and they basically set up a match. Uh, they basically pre- to pretty deadly challenge them to a title match, which is kind of odd for Cowardly Heels. Yeah, it was what was cool was like they challenged them because they kind of like was just like well yeah we know we can beat you but then when Trent was like all right let's have, let's have the match now they were like no 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 we'll do it on our time so yeah. they were still they still kind of kept that like heelish sort of air to them just like making them wait yeah like making them like so they're gonna they're gonna obviously work on some tactics and some shit hours for the match which is great uh, and that match by the way is gonna be in two weeks time so not next week's show the show after the um go home episodes to NXT takeover yeah. Uh, yeah. So after that, speaking of um, Mustache Mountain, speaking in particular of Tyler Bate and his Heritage Cup, um, Sid Scala announces a um, an eight man Heritage Cup tournament to determine his next challenger. Yeah, this should be good. Yeah, the, I'm all about the this. last the last Heritage Cup tournament when they, they did to crown the first winner was brilliant. It was really well. Um, Really well sort of executed. And there's some um, names in here that could really use a bit of exposure, which is going to be really nice to see. So well, I've, I've got the list in front of me. We've got Mark Andrews, Noam Dar, Kenny Williams, Oliver Carter, Wolfgang, Sam Gradwell, Nathan Fraser, and Tayaman. Who do you think's winning that? Tayaman. And why is it Tayaman? Yeah, it's Tayaman. <laughs> it's got to be Tayaman. Because <laughs> they, they have done like a little tease, haven't they, of Tayaman and Tyler Bay sort of crossing yeah. paths. 
Um, he's been booked obscenely strong as well. Like, he's never once looked like in any jeopardy at all when he's been wrestling. So, as, I mean, as it's, shitty it's as it is that he's got Nathan Fraser in the first round, I think he's just going to bulldoze through everybody. Who does he meet in the final? Because on the other side, it could only be... Oh, the Carter, because they're feuding. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it could only be him or Mark Andrews. I mean, I'd love to see Kenny Williams be Taylor Man and just a just an absolute scum off. Just an absolute bad bullet off. That'd be amazing. But yeah, yeah, yeah Oliver. I mean, it's it's I mean it's a it's a really good um Kenny Williams wouldn't be a bad shout either though, to be fair to win the whole thing. But I, I like, think I liked I liked how they when they were introducing all the characters here, they, they cut like a little 10 second promo. Yeah, they were all sat in like the same chair as well. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing I didn't like about that was subculture going black and white. It was just silly. I hate I hate the whole thing. Um, I loved like um, Kenny Williams saying that he was going to cover the Heritage Cup with the scum of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's looking more and more like an insect. <laughs> he looks, he looks, he just looks filthy, doesn't he? He, just looks, he like, looks like he looks like his skin's too tight for his face. If if there was only one seat next left on the bus and it was next to him, he'd stand up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so that's going to be a combo for that. That's going to be banging. Uh, that should be that'll just play out over the next few weeks, um, which is going to be great. I'll, again, the first matches next week, didn't he? Yeah, just a an excuse to put some really nice matches on the show because you can you can do one a week because they're like ten minute matches, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. They take a fair chunk of time, so yeah, that'll be that'll be lovely. Uh, next up, we've got Styler Dawn being spooky in the woods. Right? Why did she have a watch in a box? I don't know, mate. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a spooky person. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I missed. I didn't watch last week's NXT UK because I wasn't covering it, and I feel like I've missed loads. I know. I honestly, I've watched the last three weeks in a row, and I can't tell you anything about this. So, Fair don't, so don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, spooky stuff. Maybe I uh, don't know what they're doing with Adorn. Um, she's kind of been all over the place, and she like in terms of power level. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where she's going to land. Like she doesn't really have a place in the title scene at the moment. Um, and like you, you got the feeling like the, the people that are strapping the rockets to at the moment are like and not her. So but she's but she's got yeah. that like she's got she's got that like Undertaker thing where she can literally just pop up anywhere and do something with anyone, I suppose. The two, yeah, the, there's two or three they seem to be really heavily pushing, and it's like Blair Davenport, Millie McKenzie, and um Eva Valkyrie. And someone else we'll talk about in a minute. Hmm. Uh but yeah, and Anna Dawn's not on that list, and so it's good. But she's keeping herself relevant, which is which is good, good on her. Uh, hopefully, you know, she gets something to do. That makes a bit of sense. Uh, next up, we get um, we just get a bit of happy slapping, basically. Yeah, remember that back in the day. Um, that's that's literally subculture's fucking gimmick right now. It's like we're the like, we, we, like, like we are the early we are early two thousands teenagers. Yeah. Also, so to, just to just to kind of give context, so basically, Flash says, "Oh, this is what we're going to do next because we lost the tag team titles, yeah." And he just like bitch slaps Wolfgang. Like, um, like he, he talked about Mark Coffey like getting the opportunity by slapping Tyler Bate and then getting a, ma- a Heritage Cup match. So he just slaps Wolfgang and then runs off like a little kid. And it's like, I mean, if you really want to do some damage, you got a fucking motorbike helmet in your hand. Yeah, you could hit him with that. I love Wolfgang. She's like, no, no, she's just like, uh, flash, he looks genuinely shocked. <laughs> like someone just pissed on his chips or something. Yeah, so presumably that's going to lead to some court to be Gallus, maybe. I guess so. Which I mean, maybe, it'd probably probably be a fun match. Yeah, well, you know, two teams that really I just couldn't give a shit I say, about. I, say, I can't think about four people on this roster that I care about less than those four people. <laughs> yeah, with all due respect. 
Yeah. Um, they, 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 they've, I've been given no reason to care for any of them. So what are we going to do? I mean, like you said, the match will technically be good. It'll be yeah. like it'll be like a Christian match in AW. It'll be like it'll be technically fine, but I just won't give a shit about any of it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. That's a that's a perfectly good analogy. I like that. Uh, right next up, something I do give a shit about quite deeply is um, this tag team match. So we've got right. I've got some questions straight from the get go because you didn't answer my text about this. Why was Dave Master wearing cowboy boots? Because are you going to tell Dave Master you can't wear cowboy boots? I'm, I'm not, but it was just random <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> Dave Master like literally was dressed like NWA Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, the Black Country Dream, Dave Master. <clears throat> it was amazing. Um, so yeah, this is uh, so Josh Morrell and was it what you, what was the Danny other Jones? Name? Danny Jones. So they've been they've tagged together a little bit now, haven't they? Um, Josh Morrell's that guy mm. who's basically putting over everyone. So this is kind they're of like awesome. they like the two jobbers to the stars. That's it. So it's it's like Jack Stars and Josh Morrell having a, a match against each other, and only one of them can do the job. So I don't know. Feel, it feels like they're kind of like rewarding Jack Stars though for like the fact that he's he has been kind of like the gatekeeper for. NXT UK, it feels like to give them a, a bit of a push. I and they took I his other they, they, they for nothing as well. So yeah, I still think Dave Master's going to end up doing a bad murder on Jack Stars at some point. <laughs> well, that's that's how that's how you push him over, isn't it? Like you have Dave Master kill him, and then that gives him the sympathy. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, this I I really like. I really enjoyed this match. It wasn't it wasn't a massively long match, um, but yeah, massive fun, wasn't it? Yeah, just, I, I love little man big man tag teams. I think they're really fun. Like I really care the King and Xbox guy back in the day. Um, and when he replaced Kane with a really, really hossy brummy, I think it just gets even better. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the fact that um, I, I like the fact that Jack Stars did the brunt of the work, and then when it when it was like getting a bit too like too much for him, he just tagged Dave in, and Dave just like end one of them. Yeah, it was really sensible, um, like sensible control of the ring from the faces, which well, if you don't like to say faces, but you know like the the, the, the established the. the featured team which you don't often yeah. see like often in tag matches you can sort of like lose a bit of a bit of reality because like oh hang on why wouldn't you just tag in here because like you're getting bad but yeah and then uh, Dave Master comes in and just lands a absolutely devastating cannonball for the win yeah which is always fun, fun. it's always fun to Very. see Dave Master cannonballing the soul out of someone's body yeah there was a really cool spot where uh, Josh Morrill went for a suplex as well on Dave Master and Dave Master just yeeted them over the top rope yeah just <laughs> launched them it was like okay yeah, Josh Morell and Josh Morell and Danny Jones bumped around real nice. Um, stars and Mastiff look good. Um, I'm excited to see where they take this little storyline. So yeah, happy days. Yeah, good times. Um, next up, we've got Nina Samuels is furious with Amal because she got the title shot instead of Nina. So she's basically just busting on her photo shoot and like fucks her up basically. Yeah, um, uh, this will be interesting because they're both heels and. I don't know who they're going to try and like portray as the baby face in this one if they're going to do that or if they're just going to do heel versus heel. I mean, it can't be Nina Samuels, can it? Because she, Nina Samuels is like the ultimate heel in NXT. Yeah, she's like, she's, like, she's, like, she's like the heat magnet. She, she's like fucking panto villain level of, a, of like a baddie. I mean, if she, like, you, the, you say that, like if she came out dressed the fucking Wicked Witch of the West, I'd be like, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's a, She's got that kind of energy to her. Um, and Amel's just like, a mean motherfucker. Yeah, I and think they could, they could I, probably they could probably position him out as a face because she's just like dead hard and she that's like the whole thing. Yeah, and she um she had that match with Mako a couple of weeks back where she like really kind of came out looking stronger than she when she came in. Yeah, like they, they did the whole story of Amel took Mako to the limit. Um, right. So yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, next up, we just get a little a little promo for next week. I presume this is for next week. It's going to be Gnome Derby, Mark Andrews, the first of yeah. the... Um, oh, I'm really scared about this. Like, I really want Darth to win. I, I think the story that they... Te- See, the problem we've got is, is that there's quite a lot of heels who you could see going far. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you think if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you think Taman's going the distance on the right hand side, then you need a face to really be the left. So Noam Dar basically was like that same sort of fail uh, foil, sorry, I should say, um, for Akid in the the first tournament where he was the guy everyone was like, oh yeah, Noam Dar's absolutely got, got this in the bag, and then the semi-finals, Akid upset him. I can see them doing a similar thing with Oliver Carter and Noam Dar this time around. Right. Okay. And then. We've got the story of Oliver Carter and Tayman already in the feud. Yeah, get them in the final. Get that in the final. Yeah, fair play. But yeah. then there's there's also uh, Nathan Fraser and um, Noam Dar who've had like a little bit of an on on again off again feud yeah. the last couple of months. It it just depends. Like Tayman and Tayman and Tyler Bates, it leads to like a really cool and shocking moment where Tayman will fucking definitely beat that Tyler Bates. I think. Yeah. Um. But then Nathan Fraser is someone who's come in with a lot of fanfare and he's not really done much recently. So they might want to just give us like the little dream match of Bait vs. Fraser. Um, either way, though, it's going to be a fun tournament. I'm oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I totally thought Nathan Fraser is Ben Carter, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's always been like a bit lost in the shuffle, hasn't he, these last few weeks? Um, so it'd be nice to, to sort of see, yeah. him, to see him last- get. Get back and have some bangers, but again, putting him against Tayman in the first round, that's going to be a, it's going to be it's going to be a spicy one, but only one of them can go through. Yeah, I, I I'm not too sure when they're going to end up, like how they're going to do this either, because they they said they were doing one match next week. Now, when they did the tournament, they literally had like that it took it took over the show basically, so they had like the two tournament matches on a show, two tournament matches on a show, and then like whatever big match they've been kind of building to. So yeah. whether they do that again or whether they just do one and then. A few other filler bit stuff. Oh, right, I don't okay. know. Cool. Right. So moving on again, um, we've got some a, a lot of um, a lot of women's division storyline progression in this episode. It's fucking crazy, isn't it, that they've got a women's division where they're actually like giving the women that aren't in the title pitch or something to do. Yeah. So this is um, Eva Valkyrie. Eva Valkyrie just calling out Ginny. They've had a bit of a feud going on, haven't they? So um, yeah, she's teasing um, Joseph Connors is going to be in a shark cage because he. He fucked around. He, well, yeah, so Ginny got that big win the other week um, because Joseph Connors kept distracting. If I, 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 I on the podcast, we and me and Troy were talking about it, and it was really clever the way they did it because he didn't like explicitly do much. He was just mm. there being a dickhead. He didn't like yeah. break the rules. He didn't really cheat, but he was just there as like a distract. He just got in her head and like just distracted her. It was only like towards the end when he sort of sort of pulled on the ropes that he actually started interfering with the match, which was really cleverly done. Uh, yeah. But obviously, Ethan's had enough of this shit, and she's gonna put him in a shark cage and. Do a, I, do a killing on Jenny. Yeah, when she was talking about it, I was getting really excited, thinking, oh, fuck, they're going to do it in a cage. That'd be awesome. And then when when it like pulled back and it was a shark cage, like, oh, fuck, see. Wouldn't it tend to be a bird cage? And she did call it a bird cage. Because but, feathers in it, you know. Yeah, and, and also I don't think they're going to suspend it above like the ring because <gasps> the way the so, studio so what you're telling me is it's going to be like the penalty box and kicking them out yeah it's going to the four horsemen are going to put Joseph Connors and Robocop's going to come save him <laughs> <laughs> Mick Foley's exactly going to jump up after someone it's going to be great 
I, I'd like it, you know, the way they've got like sort of like a couple of like, I guess ledges is the best way or like sort of platforms. Put it put it on that so you can have him in the background <laughs> like with the spotlight on him. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for that. That'd be fine. Um, so next up, talking about the, the women's title picture and like who's next and so what's, what's cracking on. Um, Stevie Turner calls out for Miko Satamara. She's so annoying. But in a, in a in a good way, like she's like a heel that you want to see get the piss beat out of. Oh, Mako to end her. <laughs> so yeah, Mako. Don't, don't forget, don't forget, big tasty. I can say this because Troy's not here to fucking shut me down. She's she's better than everyone because she's from the fourth dimension and they're only like two D. Exactly. So she's twice as good. Four D. She's from the future. She's on a different level. She's wide different because her catcher is. Yeah. So yeah, looks like we're building towards because like Stevie Turner got that super dominant win uh, last week. She beat someone, um, and yeah, she basically just kicked him. She did. She did like a. She came out like full blown heel for the first time. You know, she's been sort of like pointing that way for a few weeks now, hasn't she? Um, yeah, she, she's finally she's finally gone full heel, and uh, yeah, she, and I, I love. I like her like glass. So I, I actually like her character. I like her glasses. I like her attire. I like the way she presents stuff. What I hate. I think her attire is awesome. What I hate is how the comedy team try and explain her. Yeah. Yeah, because it sounds like two dads talking about the latest video videoed game. She's like a knockout city character, isn't she? Yeah, she's like well, she's like 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 cyberpunk in it, like sort of. And then they yeah, to talk, they were like they, they were literally trying to talk about cyberpunk video game last week. Um, we're oh fuck, where they? Yeah, so it's just I guess Christ. <laughs> Christ alive. It was like yeah, it was like when your dad tries to talk to you about the Fortnite. The Fortnite. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, um, but I mean, I'm, exci- I'm excited for that match. I think it'll be really cool. I think Stevie Turner's really good in the ring. Uh, I think Harry Mako will have a fun time just kicking the absolute shit out of each other. So, bring it on. He was um, Hannah Kimura's tag team partner. In- she oh, was- they, they, they referenced that last week. Yeah, on comms. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that'll be an absolute banger whenever it, whenever it pops up. Uh, and then let's get on to the main course, curiously. Oh, this was so good. If, if you like, like, all of the steak forever then this is the match for you because Jesus Christ it just kept giving it to you and like it was just like here's some great wrestling and then we're just gonna do that for half an hour. Yeah. Um this is probably the best sort of submission counter submission supremacy style wrestling I've seen since like Jericho Angle Benoit from the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um I was thinking when I was watching this it reminded me of the um the Ultimate submission match that Angle and Ben were out of it, like, and it could have been an ultimate submission match. Yeah, because the way, like, the, it would there would have been a few bits that took away from it because obviously there was like, um, there was a, that frantic bit at the end where like there was roll ups like galore, and there was a couple of like really really good near falls in this match. Yeah, but at the same time, if they if these had a submission match, they'd tear the fucking house down. It, it, was, it was very clear that the way that both of these guys wanted to win was to submit the opponent. Yeah. And that was clear very early on. Obviously, um, A-Kid has this repaired knee that Devlin had previously injured. He was heavily targeting that. And very early on, A-Kid got to work in the arm of Devlin as well. Hmm. He was looking for either a like a cross arm breaker or an Emma Platter. Uh, they were like his two big things he was going for to try and try and force a submission. Yeah. Um yeah, there, there's some tremendous reversals in this match um from from submission attempts. Uh, when uh, Devlin had the gory special 
on Akid and like he started transitioning and Akid like kind of like flipped out of it and then oh when he like yeah he sort of tried to range it back to a surfboard didn't he and Akid just sort of spun yeah. his body and like landed on him and just like pinned him yeah that was yeah. that was insanity and that was so good there was the bit as well where Devlin was trying to like transition from that into the Cloverleaf and Akid like sat up yeah, with like no support at all, and like stared down Devlin. I was like, "How the fuck are you doing that?" There was some. I mean, like there, there was like it was. So this match was like obviously it was it was phenomenal. Um, mm. There was there was ridiculous oh, te- ridiculous technical skills, and also like you said, also like insane athleticism as well. Yeah, which you don't um, you don't necessarily think of athleticism when you think of Devlin necessarily. You always think of his technical ability and his hard hitting, but he showed here that he can he can do some some big boy athletic stuff as well. Yeah, there, there was a lot of, like, really, really... Like, it, it was a weird match, wasn't it? Because it was, like, in a good way. Because it, like, started off really slow-paced. And then it, like, get built to a fever pitch. And then it slowed that right back down again. Yeah. And it was, like, both both guys knew each other so well that it was it was just really, really well-paced. Yeah, it sort of started, like, with very little urgency. And as you said, like, no urgency whatsoever. And, like, considering this is a timed match, all right, it's 30 minutes, but it's still a timed match. But it was almost... It almost added to the stakes like both these guys knew that like one mistake would would be a would would, would giving one guy giving the guy one opportunity and he, they could put you in a, an uncompromised position where you could end up having to tap or you know lose a fall and they yeah. talked and the commentators um, sold it as well they, they sold every fall like a big deal they knew it was gonna be tight they knew that falls were gonna it wasn't gonna be like five four or something like that they knew this was gonna be decided by like you know a handful of falls and each one was super important I thought I thought it was going to sudden death at one point. I genuinely like it was that tight. Like yeah. uh, there, there was a really good bit, ju- literally just before um, Devlin gets the first fall as well. And uh, Nigel did a really good job on commentary of kind of illustrating like how how kind of like important it was to the match, where um, Devlin slapped the taste out of Akid's mouth, and Akid just like carried on doing yeah. what he was doing. He didn't he didn't lose his temper. He just carried on like. Going for that, and it was it, it was it was a deliberate attempt from Devlin to get in his head and like provoke him and, and sort of make him lose his cool. And like, he just didn't yeah. for it, which was yeah. And like you said, McGinnis made a really good point of like showing like how they shows like the maturity and like the, the sort of mental focus that Akid has. Yeah, Akid's insane, isn't he? He's just, I mean, he's only like 22 as well. I mean, I already liked him, but I didn't quite yeah. like get the whole thing. This match made me get the whole thing. He, yeah, he reminds me a lot of someone like Daniel Bryan or Zack Sabre Jr. Until this, until this match, and because I've only ever seen him like really fight Devlin, and I never saw his Heritage yeah. Cup stuff. But until this match, I always oh. thought I always thought he was a bit. Um, he didn't have much personality in the ring, but Jesus Christ, in this match, he, he, he yeah, he changed my mind very quickly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, his Heritage Cup final match against Trent Sevens, one of the best matches NXT UK has ever put on, in my opinion, and his his match with Walter as well is fucking yeah. incredible. Like two. Two absolute like instant classics, um, much like this one. So uh, yeah, so to go back to the match, uh, Devlin gets the first ball with a Cloverleaf uh, again. Like obviously, yeah. well before he does it, he sort of he has Aker trapped in the ropes, and he sort of he locks his leg in between the bottom and middle rope and just literally stamps the fuck out of it. Yeah, he did like a double stomp at the end, and Aker yeah. like bent in an awkward position. Looked at him. Yeah, so he had it trapped, and he was like putting all his weight. And looked, he looked around. Aker was like screaming as well. Like he was really sad. Yeah. He was in a lot of pain. He puts him in the um, puts him in the clover. And then uh, what I really like about how they do these matches, as soon as he puts a submission on, Aker knows he's fucked. He taps straight away to preserve yeah. like, what's left of his knee, and he, he knows it's about the long game. And Nigel like really sold that as well on commentary, going like saying that that's brilliant by Aker that he tapped immediately because he knows. It's like damage limitation. Yeah. 
so yeah, so that's the first fall. Uh, obviously, a little bit further down the line, a kit. So after this, eight. So, so that was only like eleven minutes or so into the match, wasn't it? Yeah, it. Well, I mean, it, it was like it was... a good twenty minutes of Devlin just like brutalizing Aker, Aker trying to catch you up. Yeah, uh, and Devlin had a lot of the early going in this match, and then after the first fall, Aker sort of starts to come back into it. He's he's working that arm. That it's the right arm of Devlin, isn't it? He's sort of working on. Mm. And he's looking for this. Well, he's looking for the Omoplata a lot, but he, again, because of the damage to the knee, he's struggling to, to try and lock it in because obviously you need to use the knee to, to, to get the leverage and he just can't do it. He has not the strength there. So he, he changes up his game plan and he goes for a cross arm breaker. And he, he tries to put it in a few times and Devlin's got the grip and he's like sort of keeping his arm bent so he can't quite can't quite capitalise. And then there's some really good, like... This is why I really this is why I really love about submission wrestling when they're really inventive about how they're like I always say like UFC has taught us that submissions really hurt. So it should always be about the effort of trying to lock a holding as opposed to just locking it yeah. in lumping in for like I, 30 seconds. Yeah, one thing they did really well on this show was um and in this match rather I should say, um, was every time that a kid locked in a submission hold. Devlin was like frantically getting like going for the ropes, like he yeah. was trying to break it immediately. He wasn't, he wasn't holding on. He wasn't. There was no was like, there, were, there were no spots where they were like slowly crawling all the way across the ring. Yeah, there, like there was there was no wasted motion from either of the guys either. Like yeah. ev- everything meant some every move meant something. Every like transitional reversal. But yeah, I like, say, as soon as as soon as they could locked anything in, like Devlin was jumping around like he'd been electrocuted trying to find like a way out. Yeah, like there, there was the two um. There was the two sleeper attempts that Aker got uh, a different. They were literally two different times of the match, but the the first one in particular, Devlin was like like flailing around. He was trying to break out of it. He was trying to break uh, Aker's grip because he obviously had like the body scissors on as well. And it was it was like really really clever storytelling in the sense that Devlin was really like putting over how how like much peril he was in essentially. Yeah, and then there was the second one where he just sort of let it go. For some weird reason, yeah, because he got he had Devlin like on like passed out almost on his knees, wasn't he? Yeah, and he just like he just yeah, dropped he just, it, and it was like okay, he that's just it. kicked that's his heart out of the back of his fucking chest. That's why. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, that was sickening. That was really so, nasty. Yeah, so so it, it gets evened up. Um, Aker draws level with with a cross arm break eventually. So he's trying to lock it in, and this, it, it's a really I can't really describe it. Cause it all happened very quickly, but Devlin's like blocking it, and then he just sort of like Aker just so does he, like a. He, he does like a he just looks like a flip, doesn't he? Like a like a spiral and like just it's like, yeah, like so a... he was going for the owner platter and Devlin was like trying to roll out of it. And then as Devlin rolled onto his back, Akid jumped over him and twisted him midair and caught him in an arm in an arm breaker and then Devlin tapped out immediately. Yeah, it was really, really clever as well. Really slick. He used like the, obviously he saw what Devlin was doing and like went with his momentum and just sort of used that to like because he you know like if he rolls away from the platter he's going to expose his arm like he's going to put his arms going to away from his body. So as soon as yeah. that happened, he was like he said he was right over him and, and just like you said it was it was almost like magnetic. He just like like locked and right onto the arm. It was it was so impressive. It looked amazing. Yeah, and again Devlin showing like obviously the, the match tactics. As soon as he knows he's fucked, he taps straight away. Yeah, and then lovely little bit of shit housery from Devlin here, like so. Aiken's just got the second fall. It's one one. Aiken's like Devlin's arms fucked. He's trying. Aiken's trying to push the advantage. So Devlin just gets out of the ring. Yeah, the, so, sometimes with stuff like that as well, like it, especially in a match like this, it can like kind of like get the ste- like make it lose a bit of steam. But it didn't like when this was happening because it was all 
it was all kind of like uh, framed really nicely in the story. Uh, yeah, where... and, and, and they kept it dynamic as well. So Devlin got out the ring, and then Aiken got out to sort of chase him. But then as soon as he did that, Devlin came back in. But he came back in like at the corner, so he sort of dived through the ring and then back out again. But yeah. he kept, he kept, even though he was, he was, he kept moving around the ring, so it kept it dynamic. It kept it like exciting, and Aiken was just trying to chase him. Obviously, if Aiken had just stayed in the ring, the ref would have had to count him, and he would have to come back in anyway. But obviously, he, he sort of, he'd, he'd lost, he'd lost his sort of focus a little bit at that point. He was trying to, his blood was up. He was trying to push the advantage. Devlin was frustrating him. He was, he was like slowing the, slowing the pace of the match down, trying to regain his composure. It, and it, it made, it made like that little, that sort of transition into like the final bit of the match seem like like a really big deal. Yeah, because a- Akid was like a shark that smelled blood. Like he was, yeah. and there was, there was a the bit as well where like it, it kind of like really played up how like sort of like noble, I guess would be the word. Uh, Akid is a babyface. Like he literally wanted to stick within the confines of the rules. Kept trying. He wanted to beat Devlin like fairly. He wanted to like do it in the ring. Uh, there was a bit where Devlin gets a chair and he swings for the fences at Akid, and Akid just like super kicks him before he can hit him. Yeah. I mean, he could have just taken it, the hit and, like, got yeah. a win, basically. And Nigel even says that on commentary, saying that could have been a mistake by Akid because he could have, he could have, like, got a, a, gone a fall up there because Devlin would have got, to, got himself disqualified. Yeah. And then, like, um, Andy Shepard was saying, well, yeah, but Akid wants to win it in the ring. And then he, so, he does, like, if you roll him in the ring, doesn't he? So this is around, like, the five minutes remaining, Mark, and this is where the match just goes... Off the rails, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we get them. So after that spot, the... We get um, Aikid on the apron, and Devlin just hits a Devlin side off oh, the apron. That was so good, because the the way they did it as well, where like Devlin kind of like it was almost like an accident where he like pulled the apron down and Aikid like slipped. Yeah, so he, 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 yeah, saw... he, he pulled the apron, like made him lose his footing, but it's obviously he was it was it was sort of played off. It's like, oh, did he mean to do that? But obviously, it was it was probably intentional. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and then Aikid's he... Aikid's face when Devlin went for it. And he realised, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, like, shaking his head, going, no, don't do it. You almost threw him, like, straight into the barrier. Like, you, you went that yeah. far. Um, and then, yeah, um, Devlin gets back in the in the, um, in the the ring. And it's a, I, I honestly thought this was going to be a count I thought he was going to get a fall here. Yeah, it was so close. Because, like, Aikid was, very, Aikid was not close. moving on the eight count. He was still was... flat out on the floor. And then when he went to go in, he kind of, like, barreled backwards into the sort yeah. of the barricade on nine. It was like, nah, he's not getting in. And then he just like teleported into the ring, basically. It was, yeah. uh, it was brilliant. Um, really, really got me. Um, and that was at like four minutes to go. Um, yeah. And then, so they had to have a little, a little bit of back and forth. And then, then almost surprisingly, really, um, A-Kid locks in the other platter. There was just before that as well. Uh, like what led to it was probably my favourite spot of the match where Devon goes to the devil inside and he could reverse into a Canadian destroyer. Oh god, yeah, that was that um, it was so smooth. Yeah, it was like as Aikid was being like pulled through the air, he was like repositioned and just yeah, it just went nuts. Um yeah. so then after Ricochet he, he would have been jealous of that one. Then he's got he's got Devlin on the floor and he's like he's trying he, he tries a couple of times, doesn't he, to like to, to get the other platter on he can't quite get the knee like where mm. he wants it. Well, and he, they, they told like a really good story throughout the match of every time like he did like because his knee was hurting him every time he did like a kick or every time he did like a running knee or something, it it would be like almost as like as if he's sacrificing a bit of himself. Yeah. 
to try and get, get every a fall every in the match. every super kick, every like you say, every running knee. It was always like a bit. It was like a bit of like favor in the knee. Like it was very. T- you could tell it was real tender, and like, it was like yeah, like yeah. he'd stop and he'd hold his knee and he'd wince, and it 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 was it was a really good way to kind of like illustrate that through, throughout the match, like how much that if Devlin locks in like a, a hold on that knee, that's probably game over for Aiken. Yeah, and um, I think it was before this or after this, there was a point when it was 1-1 where Devlin went for like a big single leg grab. Um, it was quite a bit before this. It was like in that, that was like eight minutes to go, I think. Yeah, and obviously that, obviously they really sold that as a, as a big deal. And then he, he, even towards the end of the match, he still looks for the clover leaf. He still looks for, to like put pressure on the knee. Um, but yeah, so, so he could lock in the upper platter. Eventually he manages to just, you know, again, like you say, like sacrifice. He has to like, lock, he has to hold his ankle in place. Yeah. Because his knee was in that much pain and he's screaming in pain. And again, as yeah, like, like, like you say, he's, he's selling the knee injury as he's doing it. Um, because it's really, you can tell it's really hurting him as well. And because yeah. uh, it, it's really cool. He, he, obviously, he's got both of Devlin's arms hooked. So Devlin has to like verbally tap out, which is pretty cool. Mm. He, he did the very cool uh, thing as well. Because obviously, Devlin was like very quick to get his feet to the ropes. Where with his other arm, he actually like grabbed Devlin's, Devlin's ankles. So Devlin couldn't get his foot on the rope as he had the omoplata in. Yeah. And it, it, it just looked, I mean, it. It's one of those holds where it looks dead awkward to put in, but when you when you like see it like put in, it's like yeah, that fucking kill. <laughs> <laughs> and then almost immediately after Devlin submits, there's about ninety seconds left. He just he just springs up and he is all business. Yeah, I, I like that uh, straight like straight away. Aker goes right back for another overplata. Yeah. And Devlin like then fights out, and then it's more just, to, like... I mean, it's more to just like draw time out, I think, than anything else. Because mm. if Devlin's in a submission movie, can't be you can't be pitting him, can he? Yeah. Uh, when was when was the headbutt spot? Was that after this? That or... was before. Um, yeah, that was just before that. Uh, the Devlin side off the apron, which was where, which was lovely as well. Was, uh, he's done it. He did it in a match a couple of times. He did it in a match back. Um, was it when he fought? Who did he fight the other week when he came out first? He did it in a, in a match. No, it was when he fought that. Um, it, that friend, it was no, it was when he fought that French dude. who has been on a few shows. Tristan, someone. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he did that. So he, as, he, as he was, he, he sort of came off the ropes and like he could hit him with something, and then as he fell forward, he just headbutted him, and then yeah. he sort and of like he, he and he sort of fell on with his head. Yeah, just fell on, on him as, as he fell. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. really cool. Uh, I, I loved. I mean, Devlin's. I mean, I, it must be safe, right? That headbutt. If he's doing it that often. I mean, have you seen the size of his head? He's like one of those fucking Easter Island things. <laughs> he is like he is like a Maui statue, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's come to life with a tiny little stick buddy underneath. Um, <laughs> don't hurt me, Jordan. I'm, I don't, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying mean things about you. Um, so yeah, um, again, it's just a wild like last minute or so. It's like Devlin's just trying out. It's like he's in full full on desperation mm-hmm. mode here. Yeah, there was so many like near falls and roll ups, and then the it was cool because like the, one of the things that Akid did, it, this like the finish called back to one of the things Akid was doing really well in the Heritage Cup tournament, where he obviously because he's a mixed martial artist, he was going to like a striking game. Yeah, and Devlin's got a background in boxing as well, so he was like literally they would they would just went down to basics and would just like throw punches at each other. Yeah, like um, literally the last like sort of ten seconds, um, Devlin just cleans his clock with like a massive right. Like, yeah, not like literally just knocks him clean out. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's just he's just done. And he, then if I, it was a Heritage Cup match, it would have been over. Yeah. And as he goes down for the pin, he literally covers him with two seconds left. Yeah. And the, the, ref, is, the, the ref is counting to a two count, and the, the bell rings as the ref's hand is about to come down for the three. Yeah, which, I mean, he kid wasn't moving either. No, he was he was spark out. Um, yeah. And it's so cool because almost like Devlin almost sells it. Like when he hears the bell go, like he thinks that's the fall. Yeah, and then and then as Devlin goes off, he could just look, like raises his hand, <laughs> <laughs> like a little shit has to move himself. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it was a phenomenal finish. I mean, it was and oh, cre- yeah. credit to everyone, like the referee and the two and the two the two wrestlers for getting that because that had to be perfect. There was no margin for error. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's it's a pre-taped show. They, they could have <laughs> they, they had a margin. They could have done it. I'm, I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume they just did this all in one take. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, they, they would have done, but I reckon I reckon they would have edited it perfectly to with like with the timer and that going up down and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, not to take anything away from it. It was a tremendous match. Um, uh, as well, Devlin selling of the when he realised that he lost. And like he was like fighting back tears, and he was looked distraught. Yeah, I, I the whole time I was thinking Devlin's gonna fucking re-injure Aikid's knee. <laughs> I was it's like, like you know, you it's could... like one of two things: he's either gonna annihilate him, or he's gonna like shake his hand. Like, yeah, I I was, and we got neither, but we got like a little tense ten stare down almost to say as if it's not quite over. But you feel like there's, there's been a bit of a. Bit of a, well, a bit of respect built between them, maybe. There's like two a piece, isn't it? Now, so I think yeah. probably the logical thing for them to do is have like a third. But they I mean they absolutely took you to the limit here, and um, yeah. they, sh- they sh- at the start of the show. They show we didn't talk about it. They showed like a little um, a little like sort of montage of a famous IMO matches really throughout, nice throughout video the year. Packages. And this one's right up with the best of them, like it really is. Yeah, sure. Michael's talking about IMO matches. My only issue with it was that they didn't acknowledge the IMO match used to be an hour. Yeah. And WWE have only recently like changed it to thirty minutes because obviously it's easier to digest for like. I don't, I, I don't. I don't think a modern audience could sit through a one-hour IMO match. To be totally honest, depends. Depends on the match. I could have. I could have sat through an hour of this. Yeah, oh, I could have had an hour of this. It's no problem. Um, yeah, Kenny, Kenny and Parker could have had an hour of that when they when they <laughs> did the IMO match. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's it for this episode of NXT UK. One absolutely glorious piece of wrestling and the rest of the show was pretty decent as well to be fair yeah match of the year candidate right there oh I mean it's it's going to be in the conversation isn't it this was... it's, it's probably when we when we do our sit down and do our like our whatever it is I think we said 15 matches a year didn't we uh, yeah. or 20 or something it, at the end of the year it's, it's probably going to be in mine and yours and I imagine Troy's probably going to pick her as well yeah this might be the this might be the one WWE match that makes it into my list I know it was that good. Oh, yeah. No oh. Roman smashing stack and pinning them one, two, three. This will probably bump a fucking Young Bucks match off the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So I mean, it's fairly elementary at this point, Jay. But can we have your um, your highs and lows? I mean, you just if you've got a low for this, if not, give us your highs. Um, I mean, my highs obviously it's got to be the main event. It was incredible. Um, as I say, match of the year can contend that easy. Um, one. Probably one of my favorite matches of the year, like just in general. Um, not just in NXT UK or WWE or, or 
just in wrestling. It, 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 it did what the best I'm actually do. It literally told the story in three acts, didn't it? There was like there were distinct phases of the match that it moved through, and it and it elicited different emotions in each phase, which was fantastic. Yeah, and I, I think they were smart in doing it as an Ironman match instead of a Heritage Cup rules match, because they could have quite easily done it done it that way. And Aikid's like, for my money, probably the best person who can pull off those matches at the moment because of how diverse his style is. Yeah. Um, because it is literally like you, you wrestle, he changes his style up for each round to suit how, how bet like how he can work it better. But I think with the with the sort of like stoppages and stuff like that, it would it could have took a bit of the momentum away from this match. This match did not let up at all. It was like as I say, there was it was relentless. It was like the pace. It started slow, but it just sort of like yeah. crept and crept and, and built and built, and it just didn't let up at any point. Just yeah, and every time they did slow it down, it was more to kind of regain the footing. It wasn't. No, and it was. It, it wasn't was, done in a way. It, it, it always made sense from like a psychological perspective, and like it, it wasn't. They didn't just like decide to have a bit of a breather. It was like it was always. It was always like someone looking for an advantage all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, as for my low points, um, subculture were on the show. <laughs> subculture, so, happy slapping Wolfgang. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I just don't care for it. It's, it's just a shit gimmick. Outside of shopping arcade in South Wales, while um, fucking flash films on his on his phone and put it on his MySpace. Yeah, Mark Mark Andrews fucking trying to be like low budget Darby Allen just ain't working. <laughs> I mean, there's like jumping off a. Canyon with a bungee cord and they're slapping an, an old Scottish guy in the face. You know, they're not exactly the same thing, are they? He had a skateboard, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, was, that was, to be fair, um, I did really enjoy Noam Dar's promo on him. That was really good. Yeah. We didn't we didn't really go into it that much, but Noam Dar's promo on him, Mark Andrews was fantastic, saying, like, saying, oh, yeah, you've got your fingers in too many pies. Focus on your other projects. You don't worry about this. This is my realm. <laughs> but yeah, fair play. Tell them no. Tell them. Uh, right, that's gonna yeah. do it then for this episode of NXT. What about what about yours? And the same as yours, mate. Did you have a low? Uh, yeah, <laughs> was it subculture as well? It was. Well, what happens when you put subculture and Wolfgang in the same segment? It's it's easy money in it, you know. It, it's it's a, it's a it's a black hole of a of charisma. Of charisma, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to have exactly the same issue. And for all the same reasons that you mentioned. And literally, I have nothing to disagree with there whatsoever. Um, so, so, yeah, that is going to do it for this week's NXT UK review. Um, if you didn't see this match, I mean, if, you, if, if we couldn't, if, if what we just said over the last well, 30 minutes didn't convince you, goddamn, go and watch it. Because, I mean, we say this a lot, that like this match is a banger and you need to check it out. But if you believe us, if you believe us one time, make it this time. Yeah, and check this match out. I, just, I can't just, employ you enough. Just go back and watch all of A Kid's matches in NXT UK because he's not had a bad one. Just go onto the network, type in, <laughs> type in, a, type in A Kid into the search bar, and then just watch everything that comes up. Yeah, he's he's like legit, like one of my sort of like dark horse favorite wrestlers at the moment. I think just he's so good, he's so fun to watch. Aye, and yeah, he gave us an absolute yeah. hey, man, Devlin. Like I can't, I can't say enough about. How what a treat they gave us this week! It was phenomenal. Like, I mean, but we use I'm using all the superlatives I have here. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was. Like, we implore you, please go and watch this match and uh, yes. and do enjoy it, please. Um, and we will see you next week for whatever the hell is happening. We'll yes. see. We'll find out together. Um, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Do you like beer? Of course you do. Do you like wrestling? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Check out topropebrewing.com, our very own Big Tasties brewery. They do a great deal of wrestling-themed beers, including Cold Stone Cream Austin Ice Cream Pale Ale and Papa Mango Mango Pale Ale also. They also do an array of T-shirts, masks, cans, and mini kegs. Check out topropebrewing.com, or if you live in the Liverpool area, go to the Brew Tap in Bootle. And thatchface.com, where if you've got a minging beard, you can get beard balms, oils, and grooming kits. They also do apparel. If you put whatever you want in your basket, and then go, Aaron, where do you get your discount? You go into the promo code at the bottom, type in UWP20 for 20% off. And proceeds of your purchase do go to stick your cancer charities. <laughs> 